Oh my gosh. It went everywhere. Everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Lunchtime in Rome. Please have a seat at the table. Uh, this is episode 73, 73, and we are back at the table. We invite you to join us. Uh, for the first time, listeners, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, all of those things. Um, please give us a five-star review. Please go out there if you feel like it's a good thing and, and this has contributed to your life. Um, wherever you are, whatever you listen to, um, on Facebook, give us a thumbs up, give us some likes, give us all that stuff. It really does help. Uh, and we really do appreciate that. Um, you can visit lunchtimeinrome.com, uh, to contact us or you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, Facebook where we're live every week. So Facebook's a pretty cool place because you get to see us do it live. Um, we also encourage you to go to lunchtimeinrome.com and fill out the relational needs questionnaire, which is basically a way for you to understand your own emotional needs, which is basically a way for you to understand how you can get your needs met and, and how to do that in other people. It's a very powerful quiz that we've put together, uh, so we do encourage you to go do that. Um, but like I said, we are lunchtimeinrome.com. What does that mean? I'm going to pass this over to Jay. Jay, what are we doing here? How are you doing? What are we doing here? I'll go with what more than how, and I'm fine, which is contradicting from the get-go. Um, as it is, lunchtime in Rome is a play on words off of a Bible verse, Romans 12.15, which would be lunchtime, 12.15, in Rome, Romans, which says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. We uh, want to help people not feel alone. The greatest problem, the most common problem, I should say, that everybody has is at some point in time in their life or very often within their life, they feel alone. And the answer to that is not correcting somebody, is not giving them more advice or telling them what to do. It's joining them in their emotion, meeting their emotional needs and letting them know, in fact, that they're not alone. And so each week we go over for the first 20 minutes, what it would be like if we were having lunch in Rome. We're just hanging out, rejoicing with each other's lives, and also those who are with us on uh, Facebook can share what's going on in their life. We'll rejoice with it. We'll mourn with it. We'll join anybody in any emotion. The next 20 minutes, we go over a topic of the day, a way to teach people how to do this and how to help themselves and help other people. And then the last 10 minutes of the podcast, we try to look at some popular cultural events and see how this applies, or at least just simply make fun of people in the process and go. celebrate people. That's right. So that's what we do. And Eric's with us. <laughs> yes, I am. You know who's not with us? Chris. Chris. This, as Joe calls him, the, the sixth. Uh, yeah. It's a <laughs> TV show, Power Ranger. Because uh, he, he just shows up in season two, <laughs> the fifth Beatle. Uh, uh, I miss him. Yeah. He is a drop machine. We always have the drop at the beginning of the show. Yeah, we should explain that to people because not everybody knows that. Okay, so um, we do a drop at the beginning of the show. It's usually a cut that's taken out of the show, out of context. It's usually pretty funny on its own um, when it's taken out of context. And um, we also save... We, have, we've, we usually time our uh 
mark a bunch and we put the rest of the ones at the at the end of the show but we vote for one that kicks off the show and chris is just a, a drop machine and he doesn't do it on purpose no nope. no and, and it's important to know that because like my sister kathy thought these were bloopers they're not bloopers at all they're no. things we've said you will no. find them yeah and that's in- kind of the key it's like a game so like when you hear that that drop at the beginning <laughs> it's kind of like try to listen to it and see if you can find yeah. where it's out of find out of the context, context. yeah right. yeah it's good it's fun yes. So what's going on? Uh, well, we're back. Is we're what's back. Going on. I was just gonna say, like, we're all back from vacation, um, which was a wonderful time, and um, I hell sorry. of an update. Yeah, hell <laughs> yeah, of an yeah, update. Yeah, right. I was well. I didn't really. Th- I thought you know I was just gonna talk about vacation, but um, we are gonna be talking about reentry. So I guess I'll just talk about vacation. Um, but. Vacation was super fun, and um, I know that that we didn't have the best of weather that we've had historically. You could have worse. You could have worse, but not much, right? <laughs> but we we made the most of it. Like mm-hmm. I still had one of the best times I've had at the beach, and I think that might be just due to we just did different things that were out of the ordinary. You know, I am a very I'm I'm a beach bum. Mm-hmm. If it's a if it's a good day, we're on the beach. We're just hanging out for as long as we can until. You know, we have to go inside or we have to go and eat dinner or whatever. Like, I just love the beach. And but dare I also say that it was also a good week because we have focused so much on each other's emotional mm-hmm. needs and sensing. Because, you know, three families in one house with a fourth family a couple blocks away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was so little drama. Mm-hmm. And I dare say almost none. Yeah, I. Really but it's don't so know, we really. were able to survive bad weather, being cramped in, mm-hmm. knowing each other's needs, giving space where it has to be. That I think we applied this a lot last mm-hmm. week. I agree. Yeah, and we kind of blanket the whole time of like you do whatever you want. Right. You know, like if you want to not be with anybody, then right, go and do that. Um, and I had a lot of fun since you know it wasn't since every day wasn't a beach day. We decided to go um, disc golf, which isn't wasn't the original plan because we were originally gonna kind of play disc golf on the beach and make up our own kind of game on the beach. That was the original plan, but since the uh, the weather was not as great, we went inland yeah. um, to Vineland, mm-hmm. New Jersey, South we, Vineland. Okay, for those of you, all right, all right, and we played a really cool uh, uh, course there, which you know that apparently nobody plays, right? Yeah. Which that was okay. <laughs> not a lot of walking. <laughs> Never in disc golf, um, especially that course. But it was just a unique course that you wouldn't get around here. Like it was, you know, sandy floors, and you know, it was just different. And mm-hmm. that that was that was cool. And they had some really creative setups and it's and a whatnot. Beautiful course, I love that course. It was so fun. My favorite one that I played, I think. Um, and then we went to that other one, which so the one was more creative and more challenging, which is the first one I just talked about. And then the other one that but we it was played further away too. It was a little further yeah, away, fifty yeah. minutes, and. Um, the the other one that we played was just really well marked and maintained and you know just really really nice it was just a really nice if you live close by oh, i'd play be, it every day I'd, I'd be over there as much as i could you know yeah. even yeah. if it was just like hey i'm just gonna go and play four holes I'll, right. you know if i can't get like even a whole nine in or whatever right. um but i just thought it was really fun that that was something different that 
you know, talking about Chris while he's out. Like, Chris has kind of got us all into disc golf, mm-hmm. and we really would have never done that ever if it wasn't right. for Chris, and then we wouldn't have done it really if the weather was nice. So right. it was just kind of it was kind of cool how it all happened. Yeah. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite parts of vacation was when <laughs> we showed him on the uh, the app that course that was 50 minutes away. Was it you that was with me, or was it you, when I said, well, we're thinking about maybe doing this. And he made this face that was going to be like, I have oh, never, yeah. yep, I would right. never be allowed to do this. Yep. And he was like, I, I am so, so into yeah, this. And it was just this great moment where it was like, sounds he's like on Chris. board. It sounds like, like Chris. It was so, <laughs> yeah. he was so excited. It was so unexpectedly different than what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. It just his face looked mortified. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I could never ask Amy to let me do this. <laughs> and are you talking about me or are you talking about Chris? We'll never know. You don't we'll know? never know. Well, it was Chris. It sounds like Chris. It isn't very much Chris. <laughs> we, we all know, actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, great time. Mags just, I'm thrilled that she loves the beach. I'm thrilled that yeah, she loves she getting in the water. And um, that's exciting to me because, you know, I love to go to the beach, at the beach every year. Um, and I hope that that continues on. And it's a tradition that we, that we do as a family and, and with, with friends with you guys. And um, yeah, loved it. It was a good time. Yep. Um, oh, let me talk about what I ate. Sure. Yep. Which is not going to be what we ate on vacation because I imagine Ooh. you guys are going to be talking about that. That's why. I've, uh, that's specifically why I'm not doing it. Um, so I've talked about this thing before. Um, oh yeah. This yeah, app, yeah yeah right yeah yeah. So it's called Meal Lime, not a sponsor, um, and it's it's spelled like Meal Time without the T. One word. It's an app, and it's similar to those um, those meal apps like blue apron or sun basket those kind of things where you pick your meal and they'll ship it to you but this they don't ship it to you you buy your own ingredients so you can pick the recipe you pay for the app though i ended up paying for the app because i thought you know what this is great but it's free the i i don't know exactly everything that you get with i the don't pay know version. i don't know what my money's getting me i do know <laughs> yeah. that i'm giving them money i know i know that you get more recipes and the there's ones that pop up and i'm like you get full recipes like, I'm if like, you don't pay, they did leave out a couple ingredients. Right. Um, but the the one thing that you do get is access to more recipes. And you'll see the recipe and you're like, ooh, I like that. But it says, like, for paid members. But there's plenty. F- if you want to go free, there's plenty there for you. Um, but you can pick, the, pick whatever recipe you want. It creates the grocery list that you need. And then that grocery list is to tie is tied to all different kinds of services. So you can choose Instacart, and you can have somebody go shopping for you, and then they'll bring it to your house. Or you can just go shopping yourself and go to the store and pick everything up on your own. Or you can do Walmart pickup, which is what I did. Um, so I ordered everything. It like syncs with Walmart.com. You just go through everything. And the nice thing is, like, let's say you want um, like one of the ingredients I I needed was balsamic vinaigrette. So Whenever it goes to Walmart.com, it'll like automatically search for balsamic vinaigrette, and then there's a list of all the different options that Walmart carries, and then you pick whichever one you want, and then you check it off your list and move on to the next item, and then boom, 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 you get your whole list. It's very, very, very simple, and um, did that, went to Walmart, packed everything in the back of my car, came home have everything I need in my fridge and now I got you know four recipes that I'm going to be making this week um, and the first one I made 
Uh, let me look it up because I don't want to screw it up. But while I talk, while I pull it up, the uh, I pay. I ended up paying for the ba- the app. It's it's like five bucks a month or fifty dollars for the year. So it's less than five bucks a month for whatever they have to offer whenever you pay. But the first meal I made was one pan cheesy cauliflower and broccoli chicken. And it was one delicious. One pan cheesy cauliflower, cauliflower and broccoli chicken. Yeah. Ingredients are broccoli, cauliflower, cheddar cheese, chicken breast, chicken broth, plain Greek yogurt, yellow onion, black pepper, olive oil, paprika, salt. And they give you the ingredients. They give you the, the instructions. You make it. It turned out great. Amy loved it. It's going to be, you know, I'm marking it as a favorite so we can make it again. Um, so how did the cheese sauce work? Was that the Greek yogurt and the... And shredded... Uh, I got a block of, of cheddar, shredded it, and mixed it together. And you put that like on at the end and and mix it in. That's like the last step. You melt it separately? No, it melted with it, and hence one sheet. That one would be pan. one sheet, one pan. Yeah, one pan, one pan. Yeah, um, two girls, one. It could no. have been my only com- my only complaint of that recipe. Like everything tasted great. I wish it was a little bit more creamier. It ended up being a little bit watery. I think just because it's so much vegetable. And there's chicken broth. Right. And you would have to let it simmer for a really long time. And then at that point, you're going to have rubber chicken. Right. Um, but, like I said, ended up good. Tasted good. It was fantastic. I love it. Good. That's what I ate. I'll go next. All right. So, vacation, outstanding. So proud of the four families. And just, you know, just going with the flow, being creative when we needed to. Yep. You know, me in the kitchen, Rachel doing her jigsaw puzzle, you guys playing Mario Kart, you're playing the guitar. You know, what did we do? Over an hour of worship one it was night. Unbelievable. That was my highlight. Um You know, it was and you can talk about that more. I just like that we all found our niche and mm-hmm. everybody did their thing and, and we did things together, you know, playing Frisbee golf on the beach in the evenings with nobody on the beach because it's 25 miles an hour wind and 65 degrees. That was so challenging, by the way. (laughs) Man, we threw a lot of discs. And like, so one thing you need to know about disc golf is if you're throwing into the wind, your disc will tend to escalate and fly up. If you're throwing with the wind, the wind will shove your disc down. I found it way more difficult to throw with the wind because I just felt like it was the wind was just killing my desk every time. So like, just I, I remember just like like one hole was like fifteen throws on the beach. <laughs> like it was just insane, and yet still fun. Had a blast. Um, but uh, so then you have to come home, and then we'll be talking more about that in a little bit. Mm. But I had to come home and immediately go into our first church service mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. That's, with yeah. people there. That's a lot. Which isn't even the same as doing a normal church service mm-hmm. because we have new systems in place, new protocols, which I'm not a system or protocol guy in the first place. Right. You know, I'm make it happen, make it work, use your strengths, God's going to do the rest, whatever else. And so there was a lot even in Saturday of prep and phone calls and texts and because we're starting children's, you know, we're, we're Contrary to what most people are doing, most people is no children's anything, mm-hmm. where what we're doing is elementary age kids can have their own church where they'll be physically distanced and, you know, separate. And that way that uh, that frees up more room in the sanctuary. Yeah. Well, that entails still more operations and letting right. the people know Somebody when they come in. And, and yeah, Laurie of course, volunteered in a heartbeat to do it. So she's, she's doing that. Yeah. And nice. she ran the whole thing. And it's the whole service. It's not just. Nice. You know, in our normal church service after worship, 
kids could go to children's church. Well, now mm-hmm. it's right. one whole hour of children's church. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. So having that in place. And what are people going to say? Because we encourage masks. And, you know, my, my mom went to church Saturday night for the first time in forever. She had to print out a ticket. Catholic church, big church in Monroeville. Had to print out tickets. Print out a ticket. Masks on the entire time. Nobody can take them off. Uh, pews roped off. Uh, priest wore mask up until like certain points he would take it off. And she said, I had my hearing aid. I'm in the fifth row. I didn't understand a word anybody said the whole time. Aww. She said. You know and what they should do instead of printing out a ticket? They should just have like a deli ticket thing. Like you just take a ticket when you want. But then people be camping out. Hey. First come, first serve. So my brother-in-law, Bob, said to me, well, what are you doing are that? Doing? You know, what are you doing for that? And I said, well, I said, we've got some, some protocols in place. I said, but we're, we're going to go ahead and let people be adults. <laughs> he said, if they want to wear a mask, they can wear a mask. I said, everybody knows to stay six feet apart, so I'm not going to keep a measuring stick out. And I'm going to tell everyone at the beginning of church, which I did. Oh, I guess you, I said, listen. I need you to be very, very, very observant of people's social cues. I said, if they come up to you with their arms spread wide open and you would like to give them a hug, go ahead and give them a hug. I said, if, if they're like, you know, backing away from you, don't ridicule them and don't don't say, oh, you're one of them. Like, right. And don't run into them. Give right. them their space. Right. Um, and so that whole morning was, it was like a, an abs, like I was a DJ and I had four different you know records, records spinning yeah and just trying to welcome everybody back and i know i missed some people and and that didn't go over great but at least they they shared it with me open honest and vulnerably that i didn't pay enough that i didn't say hi to them mm. and uh you know but it, it was as you talk about a rough not re-entry even but just a or rough transition yeah from hey i'm at the beach and everything's right. great and we're all having a great time to as manic a a concert that could be going on in your head that you're trying to somehow orchestrate and and make it go and I, and I think we did fine i mean i got two different people said they were quote unquote disappointed that we didn't mandate masks hmm. and and that's okay you know we, we it's not like we didn't talk about it right um and if, if they don't come back for a while because of that that's that's okay i get that right um so and that's I don't mind wearing the big boy pants and being mm-hmm. the face of the organization and getting complaints like that. That's okay, I I, I get that. Um, I don't know I that. don't know how in this day and age there's not going to be complaints about something, and it's 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 hard to navigate that. And you can't. Uh, I mean, you've you've got to me. You've got to take a stand at some point and say, all right, here's the line. And like you just like you said, let's be adults about it. You know, I think you I think you're doing a very good job with that. Well, I appreciate that. Food wise. It always cracks me up. You know, I, I do the bulk of the cooking on vacation, and you guys, yeah. you know, Brian at one point said to me, are you okay? Are you having a good time? And I said, I get appreciated more during this week than I do the other 51 weeks of the year. It's Jay's Appreciation Super Bowl. <laughs> and anybody who's from our church, I very much appreciate Pastor Appreciation Day, and I do feel appreciated. But, but that's just a day. Yeah, right. This is a this week. This is a whole week of everybody saying what they say. Um so there's that. But what's funny is when I come home from vacation is probably the hardest cooking I do all year long. Because at the end of pre-vacation, you you zero out the fridge. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so I came home and there's no yeah, there's you know, no sweet potato, sweet potato hash that I have for breakfast every day. I, I should have left over some sausage. No sausage in the house. So it's a, it's a process. No food to eat. So I'm exhausted. I've got church tomorrow. It's like... 
as much as I love to cook, this is the hardest cooking I do all year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay, let's strap some burgers on there. Let's cut up some pork chops. Let's get those going. Let's do some, you know, I, I, I kept some sweet potato hash from vacation. So I at least had a couple days uh, of that. Yeah. You know. You know what I miss? Breakfast sandwich. Yep. Dude. That's the silliest thing in the world. No, it's that not. It became one of the biggest things in the world. It's the best. It's the best. Not silly at all. And why don't you explain? So, um... Jay would make breakfast sandwich. So I think you made a breakfast sandwich for somebody, and then I think it just snowballed. Like somebody saw it and was like, Look "Yeah, there was those. breakfast sandwich day." Jay was <laughs> like, he, he hired me. He's like, "You're on English muffin duty, dude." That was a big help. Yeah. You were on. You're my right man. And, and and it was just like I think everybody just kept on seeing like one after the other. And was like, what kind of one? Like, like and soon enough, like Jay was making eight nine. breakfast. I made nine one morning. Wow. And they were they were amazing. You had homemade sausage. You had uh a a turkey sausage and then also your like homemade ground uh sausage, right? Yes, the, the jalapeno pork breakfast sausage. And then there was choices of like habanero ch- or habanero cheddar or regular cheddar or whatever, like Gold different cheeses. Pepper jack. Perfectly cooked egg with the right amount of ooze, so like you can just dip it a little bit. <laughs> the one that went all over your shirt. Oh my gosh. It went everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Um but it was it was totally worth it. It was one of my favorite shirts too. <laughs> um, no, it was fun. Yeah, it was great. It was fun, and that's the beauty of it. Like, because everybody's like, "Oh, best breakfast sandwich I've ever had," and I'm like, "It's the only thing I did special was a. It's homemade sausage, whether it's turkey where I buy it already ground or pork and I grind it myself, and I slice it real thin the sausage before I heat it up. Like, that's the technique. But like, that's everything else. But, but everything it's about it's but it's, it's the at the beach. See, Brian knows what's up. No, but and, see, and but, you're not making it. Right. When somebody else makes you something, oh, that's it's true. already better. But it's the way you slice the meat and you heat it up. It's the way you slice the cheese and you balance the cheese, and it's the way you cook the egg. It's everything that you do with it. It's a great way to start. And it's ha- the way Brian heats up the uh, English muffin. Oh, he did it so well. And, or bagel. <laughs> Some people got bagel. I like the bagel. I only had it on one because, you know, they were gone. I uh, would have had another bagel. Uh, you should have told me. I'd have bought more. That's all right. Yeah, goodbye. Did you go to the store while you were down there at all? Never. Hmm. Hey. Not but, one day. Dude, we had a fiscally responsible vacation. We did well. We did well for Very all the well. food we ate, and I've told several all the people food, that all the food and the quality, right. the quality the and like the fresh number, seafood. The number six, of people. five or six days. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, because there was days we had clams, mussels, uh, scallops, shrimp, shrimp mm-hmm. gumbo, shrimp sandwich, shrimp boil, shrimp boil. Yeah, it was so good, so good. I miss a lot of that food. I miss the potato salad. The potato salad. With Creole seasoning because they were out of Old Bay. Yeah. So I just bought Creole. I just finished. And then you and I snorted it. <laughs> Dude, you were down for the count on that one. I, I um, We sneezed quite a bit. It was unintentional at first. If at first. <laughs> I, um, we just finished off the, the uh, clam chowder. Abby had the last oh, bowl. Really? But yeah, we just finished it off a week so, later. So the one day I ordered two pounds, three pounds of scallops, two pounds of shrimp, and two dozen clams. And they gave me two bags of 50 clams each. I finally figured out what it was. Which like, you couldn't do that with the scallops, bro? (laughs) 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 And so we said, well, what can you do with leftover clams? You can either make a pasta dish or you make chowder. I'm like, I'm not making chowder on vacation. Next day, 65 degrees, (laughs) 30 mile an hour winds. I'm making chowder Chowder for the first time in my life. Gluten-free chowder. Gluten-free chowder, way too salty, then just barely salty. It was very Once good. We fixed it. It was very good. Even so when it was salty, it. it was very good. I just we took it home. I've been having. I've, I've had like five <laughs> bowls of it at home. 
like I, awesome. I've eaten breakfast it. chowder. That's, I've eaten it for, for breakfast. Um, so good with honey nuts of Cheerios. Yeah, <laughs> chowder. Uh, so this is the first time I've been back in I think three weeks now, maybe a, a on month? the podcast. Yeah, on the podcast, right? Yeah, because I I was gone for the two weeks before and then last week. So yeah, um, but I, I I did a lot of like it was a crazy month. Um, you know, I'll talk about vacation for sure a little bit here. But I mean, I've been to Virginia twice um, on a, on a road trip each time. You know, that's like a six hour drive one way each time. Uh, I snuck a, a Boston trip, so I, I I did the airports for the first time since COVID. Um, airplanes, which was just delightful. So Say bizarre. delightful. It was bizarre, man. It was bizarre. <laughs> a delightful experience. It was a delight. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I can't do that. Um, it was. It was. It was bizarre. Um, In a tale of two trips from Virginia to Boston. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Boston, the whole the, that whole environment up there was just, um, it was sad. I, I was actually in Salem, which is about half an hour outside of Boston, you know, Salem Witch Trials, and mm. I mean, it was... Historically, not presently. Right. There there was some stuff... Not. There was some stuff going on there. Uh, I, I just, it made me so sad because they were still in ultra lockdown um, up until the day that I got there. Mm. And so, so they were just on the verge of opening up like they were the first like phase. Okay, now you can eat outside. Okay, you know, like now well, you, you said can, there's a fine. Now you can go outside. Yes, there's a, a, a two thousand dollar fine if you were caught without your mask just outside walking around. Wow. Um, I mean, people were jogging with their masks on. People were biking with their masks on. People were passing out with their masks. People were passing out with their masks. <laughs> it was it was it was super sad. And the one night um, I did venture, and it was like it was dark and it was gray and it was 65 degrees when i was there and like this the salem looks like a cool little town like it looks like it's it's kind of you know beachy it's it like i wanted it to be everything that it's it could have been but i just it just felt hollowed out like i'm walking around and people are like nobody's looking at each other they got their masks on i'm walking like i'm walking by somebody they're walking across the street because they don't want to walk anywhere near me like these people were spooked and it made me so sad Mm-hmm. Um, the one guy I did buy some food off of, like he, like he was like not even looking at me in the eye, and I, he was like, "I'm so, I'm so sorry, like I'm so sorry, we have to do it this way." I'm like, "Dude, I, like I'm sorry, the position that you're put in, like I just, yeah. I felt like the humanity was robbed, you know, mm-hmm. and and that made me so, so sad. Like it's, it was like I'm walking around going, "This is the United States right now, right? Like this is in the United States right now. I'm here. This isn't something I'm reading in a storybook. Yeah, um, it is this weird like sci-fi dude vibe." You know, in in, yeah, and that place was for sure. But then we went to like, then we came back and went to the beach, and like, we're out on the beach, and I'm just like, what? What are we talking? Do we still are we still doing the COVID thing? I know it was one of those things where like when we were there, like, and at the like at the beach, like you're kind of naturally apart from other people anyway, right. so it's not like you know that was really an issue. It wasn't even an issue on the on the boardwalk or anything right. like that. <laughs> on the boardwalk and uh, bot, you know. bot city. Oh gosh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it was. I felt. Like a like there was a, a little moment of like oh, we're out of it, you know. Right, it's in the past. And then you pick up your phone. Yeah, <laughs> you dip in, you dip back you out. Dip but right but yeah, out. you're right. I mean, yeah. like you 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 lose yourself there, and then you come in and you you have to walk into the grocery store, and it's like oh crap, we're still here, we're still doing this. So yeah. but so but vacation was just I mean everything you guys said I echo it all. The worship night to me was the highlight. Oh, um, that I, was so fun. Explain I, that. It was fun. So. 
the four the the four families that went. Um, it's like half the worship. You're the pastor. You're the pastor of our church. Yeah, it was half the worship team, and like we just had this spontaneous night where we, you know I had the guitar and we just all sang songs that are familiar to us, and everybody was just singing at the top of their lungs. And, it, and and Alexis made an observation where she said, "I've been a part of worship sessions like that where you have you 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 have the passion, but you don't have the freedom." And or the fun, and I feel like that night we had all of those. Uh-huh. We had the passion, we had the freedom, we had the fun. I was on we counter, just, counter, kitchen countertop drums, counter percussion. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm so glad that you recorded some of the both of you recorded some of yeah. the sessions that we did. Um, just and and to go back and listen to it, I get chills hearing the harmonies and and the pa- like again the passion and it was so fun. That was my highlight, and then I had a moment on the last day, which the last day was the best beach day we got. It was just oh, yes. absolutely perfect. The water felt great. We had this like marine wave of activity. It was like well, Aquaman. We should talk just for a minute oh, about the Matrix. Yes. That was wild though. The the marine life. That that right. So. There is a theory that this whole world is a matrix and you simulation, can, simulation, yeah. whatever you want to say. It's actually a real theory. Yeah. Yeah. And you can even make, but well, it doesn't matter. I mean, you could read into it a ton. You could do it from a sci-fi, but you could do it from a faith-based thing. Sure. Whatever. Right. But we've had some evidence lately that the, the, <laughs> well, 2020 in and of itself, the matrix is, is evidence that berserk. it's glitching. Yes. There's, there is some serious virus yes. <laughs> going on in this whole in process, like the night at the boardwalk. When we saw like this one oddly dressed woman, and that's not, you know, unique, but like she went past us four times in one direction, <laughs> but never went the other direction, and just the strangest combinations of styles and things, and then the, the day, wizard, the, the wizard, the one dude. guy goes by in a wizard costume and yeah. sh- in a bathing suit yep. because right, and then the last day at the beach with the seafood. Here we are all the way, not seafood, with the sea, the sea life. Like sea life. we had, we had this probably half an hour window. Where all of a sudden we're seeing these porpoises, porpoise, and they're like, I mean, my kids are out in the water. These porpoises are probably, I don't know, 15 50, feet, yeah. whatever. I mean, whatever. They, they were super close. Like, they could have reached out and touched this. And I'm like, and, and they were they were there for a good 10 minutes right in that spot playing and, and, um, and then. Speaking in Spanish, which I thought <laughs> was strange. <laughs> the, and then. Well, they were headed south, so. Uh, well, and then, and then, like, all of a sudden the water turned black, like, around these porpoises. But it's a school of fish, like a giant, massive school of fish, and all you like the water is just moving like in ripples, and these fish are jumping up and down out of the water for a good like two, three, like, and it started like I was like, hey kids, why don't you uh, come on back here? <laughs> yeah, and then no, seriously, yeah. Piranha. Piranha. That, that, that's food, and then jellyfish. Well, there's food. Um, so many jellyfish that didn't sting. That didn't sting. People were picking them up, like eating them, like they were candy. <laughs> Um, but kids, kids were throwing picking them, them up. Kids were kids picking are throwing them, up. them at each other. Right, <laughs> jellyfish fight. <laughs> um, but it was it was like one of the strangest like like twenty minutes, half an hour uh, that I've ever seen. And I go to the beach every year. I've never seen anything like that happen. And then well. and then Rachel and Bella found a dead seahorse. A dead seahorse, uh, which I've never seen a seahorse outside se- of like an aquarium. And then. All within the same afternoon, Bella's sitting there holding some turkey, and a seagull oh, yeah. literally oh, comes up about that. and grabs the grabs it right out of her. Some of it right out of her. Beak, She's like the beak goes in between her finger and her fingernail. Oh, yeah, just bizarre. Like, what a jerk. but it was also the most. I had like what a great day, but I had a moment where I'm sitting back, like kind of at our our, our tent camp area, um, and everybody else is down at the beach. And like it's it's friends, it's family. Everybody's just talking and enjoying it. And I'm like, I just breathed for the first time. I feel like in a long time, I was just like, man, this 
is good. Yeah. This is good. You know, there's this is very good. Like you talk about sometimes, Jay, you know, you have very good and then you have good and you have different levels. That was very, very good. Um, so, you know, that it, it's just it's been a lot for me. I, I told Lex, uh, it took me a couple of, and talking about the transitions here as we come up. It took me a couple days. Um, like I just feel today like I'm starting to get caught up again. But I felt like when we got back on Saturday, when we got back on Sunday, I just had this major letdown, just this major crash of emotion of, you know, physical, like, um, I just, I felt like I'd been driving a speedboat at full speed for like a month, you know, and you've got the adrenaline, you've got the purpose. You're like, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden you cut the engine and the weight catches up to you. And like, that's, that's what I felt like for the first couple of weeks or first couple of days back. Um, and so, you know, that and all the food, we've already talked about that. So maybe that's where we tie in, you know, transitioning, like like getting back into this flow of things. Yeah, it's you come home from a vacation and it is I know people who have stopped going on vacation because of having to it's come home from it. vacation. So, um, now yeah. that's I'm not there. They're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a tough transition and there are all different kinds of transitions in life. And you go, oh, poor people. Had to come home from your, you know. Right. I, I have family members who say it must be nice to have that many friends, mm-hmm. and we don't, you know. And when we do realize, it yeah. is nice, and we are very <laughs> appreciative. It is. We like, say it, we say it a thousand times. We're like, no, but we? that, that's so. Funny. It is. It's very nice. You should try it. <laughs> um, I'm the jerk. But not really, because we do simply say, and Brian's tagline is, but what "I is, can't believe we get to do this." Yep. I can't believe we get to do this. And it's so right. And so uh, somebody could say, oh, poor you had to go on vacation at your pretty beach house right on the ocean, eat all your good food and all it had with all your good friends worshiping. You know, I sent pictures of my food and us worshiping, I think, to two of my sisters and both were like, why would you do this (laughs) (laughs) to differing degrees? Well, to gloat. (laughs) I mean, they're going to be only one. But but. Kathy specifically was like, as much as this kills me, I celebrate with you because she she's, ah, she she knows go. she yeah. gets it. That's great. Um, but no matter that, or whether it be that, or I just lost a job, not me, but one, right, right. or a death of a loved one, yep. or graduating from college. I mean, you remember some of the major life transitions are very difficult and and carry with um, carry with them very trying emotional times that very often feel leave us feeling alone i mean brian you even said was it sunday you said you spent most of the day by the pool yeah you know and there Father's you are day. Yep. right <laughs> and at times the kids were with you at times they were not times Whoa, lex was with you right at times she was not right and so here you are alone in this transition period mm-hmm. And for people that are graduating right now, you know, or just in the last month from college, and well, everybody else has a job. I don't have a job. Yeah. You know, um, it's, and the fact that these last four months, go ahead. And I was going to say, you know, there's, there's the, there's the micro, you know, kind of our individual levels, but I do feel, you know, you, you can't look at what, what we've gone through over the past four months and not say, that there is a major transition happening, you know, w- within our um, our humanity right now, and who knows where it's going to lead up to. But we, f- it's it's like the birth pains, you know, like there there's that there's that pa- there's that phase within pregnancy where you you know the woman's carrying, the woman's carrying, and then it's go time, and it's it's that transition, you know, it's that transition time where 
everything changed like everything changes and i feel like that's where we are that's a huge but that's a great example of a transition period yeah that you go from miserably pregnant to wait right i have to go through the worst pain i've ever gone through in my life but you're not going through the pain yet but you're not now you're you're not just kind of like in that level i mean you know speaking as a man but but in that pregnancy you're leading up to this but you're not actually delivering that baby yet but it's in that period that's just so bizarre like you know everything's changing and you can't stop it and that's where we are to me that's where we are as a you know a society right now it's funny you say that because i feel that every new year's eve i get a melancholy moment in the last minute Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow! You cannot do a damn thing about time. No, nope. <laughs> you can. Right. You can put the brakes on. You right. can do whatever you want. Time is going to just roll right through. And in those moments, it brings up other transitions of life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the real danger is being alone because even if you have a good support system, which is really almost cliche,ic but you've got to have people to join you in your emotions in life in general. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just thought of a perfect one for like coming back from vacation, but okay. Um, Sorry. But the other one, you want to, yeah, hit that. (laughs) Um, You want to have that support system, but it's even in those moments where everything is amplified and you can feel even more alone. And so, you know, that these transitions, you just feel tremendously alone, even if you have the support. If you don't have the support system, can't imagine how you do it. Yeah. Nope. But even if you do, the misses matter more. You know, when they try to meet you in your uh, emotions or they're around you, but they're not checking in with you. It's, it's Wait, you said the misses matter more. So, so you're sitting there and you're worried about your next, uh, you're starting a new job mm-hmm. and you're worried about it. And somebody says, don't worry about it. You're going to crush it. No, that's not bad. That's an encouragement. Mm-hmm. But if you don't need encouragement, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you needed uh acceptance hey you know what even if you do your worst it's going to be a good day tomorrow i guarantee it's going to be okay is what you needed but instead they said don't worry about it mm-hmm. it's a miss they right. miss joining you in your emotion yeah and you go oh god you right. just don't get it because it's it's such a volatile time mm-hmm. um is is the danger of that period everything is amplified and your emotional needs the ones that you have the highest of are almost insatiable mm they've got to be met and and it's they're so so high up there and you know even if it's like coming home from vacation you know you've got well we found out you know when you took the the relational needs questionnaire a high need for attention mm-hmm. which shocked you yeah but yet you did mm-hmm. okay so you come from a vacation of 15 people to coming home to your house of four with huh, their own individual needs there's just not that much attention right so now what do you do yeah. So that's like double. So what your attention was two weeks ago, your need for it is now, ex- you know, and you just had it mm-hmm. for seven days where, hey, here's Brian going for a swim. That's Brian. He's always going for a swim. And now you're like, I'm going for a swim. And everybody's <laughs> like, okay. If you get that. Right. So number one is it's just really amplified. Mm-hmm. And do you find that to be true with your time back and your needs? Yeah, but the one thing I, I wanted... Yeah, what was your big aha? Yeah, my big aha well, it was... It wasn't really an aha, it was more of a... <laughs> um, I, one of my needs is support, and I came back to work, and my boss, James, who is an awesome boss, put together an email. He was, like, logging everything for me of everything, because he was, he was, like, my 
he was covering for me while I was out. And he logged like by day if anything were to come, you know, that was supposed to, that was meant for me, but he took care of, or he took care of it to a certain point. He logged like each day. Wow, it's it was amazing. It was like the best. You're support. like you should be a boss. <laughs> <laughs> and we reviewed it together, and like he just handed it off to me. So it was just like a very now there was a ton of stuff to do, and there was other emails that he wasn't he wasn't on that were outside of his. So like my email mountain was pretty huge, but. Um, but for the for the stuff that was you know kind of crucial and urgent, like it was very it was a very easy transition to take care of everything, and like I felt so supported in that. And he 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 likes doing that. Like he is a he's a guy that likes to organize and make sure that there's a process and there's you know uh, a good way of doing things and it's in place and and it works and it really did. And that was great coming back. And great that he met that need for you. In that process, yeah, right. That's what I mean. Like he he met my need of support very much so more like more so than I could have ever imagined. Which like, that's another transition. Not only coming home from vacation, but transitioning from vacation now transitioning to work, mm-hmm. right. not just to home life, right? But back to work, right? Yeah. Like I oh well, I had to, and we all had to to whatever yeah. degree. Um, so the the number one thing is your needs are amplified, and it's whether it's a small transition from vacation. Or a major life transition of moving or fired or job or death of a loved one, everything else. But the second is, if your highest emotional needs lie in categories that become um, highly volatile, you know, imagine your need for security, even if it's just coming home from vacation. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so one of one that's of, your cue. One of my like, so need of security is me is like, was everything OK while I was out? Like was james underwater did i miss something did i not tell him something before Is everybody I mad at me i need for acceptance right you're feeling like, yes. you're feeling this when you came back not while you're on vacation yeah i have a I'm, I'm good with while i'm on vacation but then there there are a couple moments where i'm like ooh, did i think to send you know it just pops in your head like it's like you wow. can't help it i i don't know what that is <laughs> no you don't begin <laughs> to i forget i have but, a dog <laughs> but i i do check email just to kind of flag stuff while i'm out and i can i can literally i'll see like a dumpster fire of a situation mm-hmm. and i'm like it's not my problem yeah i, I can totally remove myself and that's only because you've gotten to where you are right now right you were not always yeah. that way. i was not always that way but there are points where i'm like you know I don't want anybody to be upset with me, so it's that emotional security, but it's also the, the very much the acceptance. I didn't even think of that, but it's the very very much acceptance of my team and my peers of, um, you know, Eric, you screwed us over. You know, we are pissed. You know, and you know, fortunately that didn't happen. Um, fortunately, my team is awesome, and um, but yeah, that's to- like that's definitely a heightened thing of you know I- I've been away from the team. Things are unknown on my end. You know, I don't know all the conversations that have been had for the week. So when I come back, you know, where are we? So, yeah, that's, that's yep. Boop. <laughs> you just take it over for Chris. That's all. <laughs> um, so then, okay, great. So all the emotional needs are, or the emotional needs that you have are heightened mm-hmm. and multiplied. Yeah. And, and they're greater. And the the ones like security and acceptance and it depends on what your transition is. If you're moving out of town and you have a high need for approval or belonging, you're leaving all of your tribes and groups for lack of a better you know, oh, yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. And now you don't have any. Oh, acceptance. You, know, you got to find new well, acceptance. No, but again, it's not acceptance. Remember, acceptance. Belonging. belonging. Yes. Acceptance is, do you love me even though I screwed up? Belonging is being a part of a group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so that's great. And that's, you know, today I was uh, talking with Richie Reader of Pressing On. Yeah. Pressingon.org. Uh, he has been on the show. Look up the podcast that he was on. Fantastic and, guy. And he said he was reading a book where they said, um, and it's for leaders and people that are always, you know, getting the next mountain and, and creating the next thing and challenging and challenging and challenging that it's time every once in a while you need to sit back and just cede control over to God and to rest in his presence. And I said, and he, and of course me being a great, terrible person, he said, you know, that really spoke to me. And I said, right. Did they explain to you why you can't do that? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, because the, the guy that's always doing and accomplishing and accomplishing is chasing an emotional need. You know, it might be acceptance. I can't ever fail. It might be um, appreciation. I want everyone to see how awesome I am. It might be respect. So just to say, oh, you need to let go and let God. Yeah, that's great, but he can't do that because of the way that his life conditioned him to get to this point. And some of them are some big hurts. And so for us just to say, hey, in transitions, you're going to have a lot more needs and they're going to be greater. And if your needs fall in the categories that are traumatized by change, it's going to be even worse for you. Great podcast, everybody. <laughs> well, that's no good. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is go back to the basics, which is, you know, a having God, in our opinion, in the center of your life and your relationships that God knows, OK, he's going to really need some stuff here. And you see that he sent you. James, your boss, yeah, to meet that need. You're like, wow, God, thanks for giving me a great boss. And yeah. maybe you don't have a great boss, but this person stepped up. So right. number one is trusting that God's aware of your situation. You're not alone. Yeah. But number two, to be open and honest and vulnerable. So yeah, maybe you do have people in your life, but are you communicating your needs? Are you pulling them aside and saying, listen, it's been a rough, rough transition back from from vacation. I need some attention. You know, whether it be to your wife or to your friends or to your whatever. And it comes back to the three basic tenets. And the second one is being open and honest and vulnerable. You can't just hope people are going to meet your needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to be vulnerable and risk that they may not. Yeah. And then lastly, hey, you got to mutually give. And so you know that somebody else is going through something. It's, it's that act of service and that act of, of love of meeting somebody else's needs. All the more in periods of transition is the focus on that. Is, it is the solution to that. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I would. Good. So that's it, everybody. That's how you take care of those three, those two big problems, having heightened uh, of your own normal needs, and then also the transitional needs, for lack of a better term, depending on what your transition is. And it comes back to everything we've talked about. And make sure you have those relationships where you can be open, you can be honest, and then you mutually meet the needs of somebody else. It always amazes me how like you can tie pretty much every single life moment, whatever it is, whether it's like a big moment, like... You graduate college or you get married. Graduate or, from college. Right. Uh, death of a friend or family member or whatever. You can tie that back to emotional needs very easily. Like that's, sure. that's easy. But like coming home from vacation, reentry from vacation, like that's like a next level, you know, looking at who you are, why you are the way that you are and why the way you feel you feel when you come back from vacation. Like nobody thinks of that. No, like nobody just thinks of that and understands it. And, and I hope that, that people that are sitting at the table, you know, today, um, I hope it's sinking in. Like, I hope like it's, it's those emotional needs hit every single yeah. little bit of your life, no matter how big, no matter how small it, you know, it's taken a long time for me to understand like how deep it really, really goes, but it goes deep and man, it's, it's incredible. 
And the more aware of yourself that you are, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Some people do it well. Some people don't can do better. (laughs) They can do better. Uh, You know who can do better? Is a Pennsylvania native. Oh, this is sad. (laughs) This is a sad one, and I'm sorry. But so I I would. Well, I'll read the title. Pennsylvania mom in cookie monster costume arrested after ODing in car outside kid's babysitter's house. Yeah. I mean that is <laughs> like yeah. that title is just so sad. It's, it's not her first problem, and that's what I kind of wanted to say. And like that, that the title kind of explains the whole story. Like that's the story. Yeah, um, that, there's really nothing else to the story. Well, and and but the one the one piece of information that's not in the title is that she dropped the kid off. Uh, it was a 43 degree day. No shoes. No shoes. No and, socks. And, like, and, and shorts or something pair like that. Of pants. So. No t- this is just a woman. This t-shirt. is just a woman that is is overwhelmed, is so hurt, is so tired. And I think of and like now, like my mindset is like, you know, we read that and it's like, do better. Like, come on. Like, what are you right. doing? But in the same breath, like my heart breaks. Yep. And what, like, how many levels and how many moments of emotional needs were not met to get to that point? Right. To there. get to the point yep. where you are in a cookie monster costume mm-hmm. OD'd passed out in a car and your kid is just you know minimally dressed on a on a relatively cold day yeah. in Pennsylvania right like it's just it's so sad yeah. but like it really is your emotional needs are just not met for so long and you know mm-hmm. and leading up into that moment and I kind of look at anybody like anybody being arrested for some like ridiculous thing is kind of in the same you know in the same right. breath of you know what are you doing well it started it doesn't out here. happen in a vacuum it, yeah and it doesn't happen overnight right but man those emotional needs that aren't met especially like from childhood and then into adulthood like tra- that that transition transition of childhood and adulthood yeah are you know just incredible and impact you for the rest of your life and they lead you <laughs> to wherever you're gonna go and man this is a sad day for a cookie monster i'll tell you that <laughs> dateline Argentina slash Chile. 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 Ex-soccer player once claimed he was late to practice in Chile because he was abducted by aliens. Mm. You know. Former Argentine soccer player Guillermo Marino came up with quite the story for why he was late to practice with the Universidad de Chile of the Chilean Primera Division, an ex-teammate recalled Tuesday. Gustavo Lorenzetti told... Well, that's a good name. Gustavo Lorenzetti. Lorenzetti. That was not Told Mexico's accent. Lato B. He and Marino were playing for the club from 2011 to 2013, and that Marino one time gave a wild excuse for being late to practice. He expressed to the outlet that he was going to explain the story because Marino told him to. He says he arrived late to one training because he was abducted by aliens. He gave us the entire explanation. There are cases where the player says, I left and I came back two days later because I was kidnapped by aliens. But Gilly is not that kind of player. He's a very proper guy. Everyone knows Gilly Marino. He started to explain that he was suddenly lost and abducted by aliens. He explained that they take out your soul, analyze it, and all the while on the journey, they are looking after you. Wow. He said something like that. And it goes on. Wow, they take out your soul. I've never really heard of that. That sounds like social media. <sighs> wow. <Ba-dum-dum>. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard they take no, out your soul. It's and... <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> That's no, wild. I've, never heard I've heard like the like they do like a, yeah, like you know they 
do some oh, kind of weird insert inappropriate joke here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that could be. <laughs> I could, do. Couldn't make anything up. I did. <laughs> That's crazy. So they uh, maybe he can't do better, but I think he should well, do better. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the aliens. We haven't even talked about. We haven't even we, talked we about the, the when when the, murder hornets. The U.S. military said, uh, discovered yep, aliens. We don't know yeah. what that is. <laughs> we went from COVID to the riots to we unidentified we objects. <laughs> It's crazy. So my, I have a can't do better. I think it's a can't do better. Sure. I think it's unbelievable what this guy did. Yes. Feats of strength and endurance. So Road and Track magazine, a man drove solo across America. In, solo. Solo. Hans. Hans. In 25 hours, 55 minutes in a rental Mustang. So what this guy did, I'm going to sum the story up because I've read it. But what this guy did is there's there's this subculture and it's called Cannonball Running. You know, I mean, there's a movie about Cannonball Run, but Burt Reynolds, yeah, it's Terry Bradshaw, fantastic. I love it. It's such a good movie. Um, but so you drive across America as fast as you can, and normally it's a team of people. Um, you get countermeasures. You get a really fast car. You know, you're trying you're trying to not get caught by the police. Obviously, what kind of car did he have? He had a Mustang. I he thought you said a really fast car. He rented a Ford Mustang. Boom, roasted. And he took out the back seats and actually added extra fuel tanks, not even cans. Like, he didn't have fuel cans. Didn't carry extra fuel. He didn't carry extra... Well, he... he well, he did, but, like, he didn't... Giant... It was right. part of the car. It was part tanks. of the... Right. Right. So, he, he could hit, hit, hit some buttons, and then, you know, it's basically just fill up. Yeah. So, apparently, he only filled up one time going across the United States at an average speed of 108 miles an hour. That's wild. An average speed of 108... He said... I got the car. It doesn't go much faster than 153. So at one point, he's he's driving 153 miles an hour. But one man started in in Manhattan and ended at Redondo Beach. I th I thought he would go California to New York. My no, gosh, he, he, leaving Manhattan. Leaving Manhattan. Oh my! He starts off, and I'm in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> well, not at this time. Not with COVID. Um, and, you know what? You if know, you, if you brilliant. Not oh. if he does it. Not if he does it at three, that's like actually, three, that's like a, three o'clock in the morning. No uh, COVID. Boom. You're out of Manhattan. Because I was going to say, like, 108, you know, is it was his average. I right. would say, like, if you took out Manhattan, like, the real 200 average would be. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, I mean, I can't, like, I've driven a lot of miles, but to, to go 25 straight? 25 hours. I mean, what was he on? So, like, there's some questionable things in this. You know, be and, steroids or something. And as a, yeah, and as a, as a, as a could be what? Steroids or something. Oh, like some kind of heroin. Like, I was like, no, that's no, the wrong uh, one. The, right. Like some kind of like you know yeah. prednisone or and something right. to like charge you up. Phetamines. Five so, hour, maybe he had extra tanks of five hour energy. <laughs> it's just like a like a drip bag. It yeah, yeah. IV. <laughs> but I mean, bro. Slow clap slow, to you. Slow clap. That's un, that's an unbelievable I mean, thing. Did he put some lives in danger? Maybe ah, across Maybe. the country. I mean, it's a small country. It's unknowable. It's you unknown. can't know it. It's unknowable. Just, you don't know. So, lastly, I think. Well, I do want to say this before we go in the last one. You can find all the links to these stories in our show notes. Ah, yes. And I'm interested in looking this one up and seeing like. Like, did they kind of map it out of, like, which way he went and Well, and that's, that's something that, you know, this nerd group disputes. They're like, oh, you, you know, he, you, you didn't map it properly. But, like, he's, he has screenshots all over the place. He has actual pictures all over the place. Like, yeah. he did his best while he's driving at 108 miles an hour. And all he needs to do is call Google and be like, hey, can you just right. pull up my, my location well, and, history? And, and they've, they've, they've started to dig into it. You yeah. know, these people have fact-checked them, and they're like, oh, I guess that's true. Wow. Okay, cool. I can't wait to look it up. Haters going to hate. That's oh. right. Haters going to hate. The show note's going to show you what they did yeah jay you got the last one yes that. dalen mcleese said when he saw a uniontown police officer 
pinned inside a burning police cruiser on Father's Day. He thought, I know this man is my brother through Christ, and I couldn't leave him behind. He's credited with saving the officer's life. Uh, Dalen McLee, an African-American, and the police officer, a Caucasian, in this time of high volatility between races and between police and civilian. Uh, this guy can't do better uh, it was a hero's message on kdk tv it was all over the news right i mean we saw it all over the news oh, oh brian my bad do news, better media can't news, do better news do better yeah news great, do story. Better. great story great story Way great to story end and there's more stories like that there are you just don't get to hear about it no you no. don't but that's a fantastic story and that i celebrate so awesome. that the cop is still alive mm-hmm. and you know there's so much more i want to say yeah it's just fantastic i love it just and I'm it. sorry if I said Daylin and it's Daylan. Sorry. I'll do better. Brian, would you take us out? I will take us out. Yeah, so on that dun, note, dun, that dun, has dun, been dun, episode dun, 73 dun, of lunchtimeinrome.com. Um, it's it's so great to have you to the table. And we don't want to just minimize that statement. If you're, if you're listening here, you are at the table with us. Um, we don't want you to be shy. We want you to have your voice. We want to make it heard. Um, so please go... Um, out to the out to the website lunchtimeinrome.com please get in touch with us please get in touch with us on facebook whatever it might be we want your feedback what are your thoughts what are you getting out of this show what how is it emboldening you how is it challenging you what questions do you have please let us know these things it only helps us to have a have a better conversation with ourselves and with you um, so again, lunchtimeinrome.com, um, you can find the show notes from the show and all the past 72 shows, 72 shows that we've done. That's a lot. Um, if you haven't, again, if you haven't given us a review, please give us a five-star review, um, you know, or, or a thumbs up, whatever it might be, wherever you might be. It just, it helps us out a lot. We appreciate it. Uh, and so with that, we will say goodbye to episode 73. See you guys next week. Bye. And... Um, I hell so, of an update. Yeah, hell <laughs> yeah, of an yeah, update. Right? I could I never ask Amy to let me do this. <laughs> Two girls, one. It could no. have been. It's Jay's appreciation Super Bowl, and, and then you and I snorted it. You couldn't do that with the scallops, bro. And man, this is a sad day for a Cookie Monster. I'll tell you that. <laughs>